Well, uh, I wanted to begin this morning just with a, a couple of uh, shout-outs. First, um, this is the time of the year that we're kind of wrapping, we're looking back on 2021 and we're, we're looking forward to 2022. It's a time when so many of us are making resolutions and, and goals, uh, at least some of us have made those and they've already lapsed already, right? And um, this is the time of year where we as a church are, are kind of looking to 2022 and we're, we're talking about our budget. And, and first of all, I, I just wanted to say thank you really to everyone at this time, a year ago, we weren't meeting in person. You think of all the things that happened in 2021. And then, you know, the end of 20, in December, we had, man, we had almost 200 people in person at our Christmas service, which seems impossible now, but that was just three weeks ago. Uh, we had another 35, 40 households online. Um, our church has been through a lot. And I just wanted to say thank you to, to those of you who uh, are still connected, still engaged, uh, we ended the year very strong, in my opinion, and that goes all around. I mean, this is just a new phase that we're kind of, there's no paint by numbers here. We're, we're all figuring this out. Thank you to those of you who generously supported us with finances. We ended the year very strong, and we have a core of families here who are so committed and so faithful, and I just want to say thank you. I also, I also want to say thank you to our leadership team. And uh, we have some new people who joined us this year, and we had a few people who fulfilled their term and stepped off. I want to say thank you to all of them. This has been a season of, uh, when, sometimes we were meeting every week, now we meet twice a month. And I've just had an overwhelming sense of unity on that team. And I am so, so thankful for that. And uh, the, the folks who are your leaders or your elected leaders, they are serving you well and they're serving the Lord. And so continue to pray for them and support them and however you can or however you're able. Uh, they're very hardworking, and uh, they've been very prayerful through this, uh, out this next year, and we're going to need more of that from everyone. So we would appreciate your prayers for 2022. Well, last week, we started a new series called Restart, and uh, we couldn't come up with any tagline, so we just came up with this one, Making Faith Real in 2022. Aren't you inspired? I mean, that's just, that's incredible. Uh, you know, when we, we come up with these series and we, we kind of like have the idea, usually it's, you know, weeks and months in advance, and then when it arrives, you're like, oh yeah, we need to sharpen our pencil on that one a little bit. But it fits. In so many ways, we, I, at least I feel like we're kind of restarting right now. One of the things that I've overheard uh, often in the last few weeks, whether that's just conversations or, or radio stories or media stories is just a sense of, you know, uh, things are not going back. I know that's like a news bulletin to all of us, but it's not going back to how it used to be. And there's a bunch of stuff that got left behind that probably shouldn't have got left behind. In my life, it's things like my diet, uh, exercise, you know, like really healthy rhythms that, that it's just been total chaos. And so People are, are trying. I finally joined the gym in November. I've been there twice now. I'm just kidding. I've been there more than that. I'm like, I used to go all the time, but it's just got lost in, in the sea of change. And so whatever it is, we're trying to kind of reclaim those rhythms. And so one of the things I just want to throw out for us is that as, as we kind of consider uh, restarting in 2022, what are the rhythms, what are the practices that we need to bring forward in a new way, especially the ones that relate to our spiritual life. 
And uh, so that's kind of what this series is about, is just putting a, a focus or a highlight on that as we begin um, how do we kind of rededicate ourselves or figure out how to build that, that rhythm of, of spending time with the Lord, of growing the Lord back in a very real and profound way? And um, let me, Pastor Angela, she couldn't have really set me up any better last week. She spoke about Jesus' parable of the wise and foolish builders. And I want to read it again for you. It comes to us from Matthew 7, begins in verse 24. And Jesus is speaking. He says, Therefore, anyone, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. I learned this as a kid, and so every time it's like, it's like in there, I, I want to make the hand motion, rock, because I think it was a song that we sang. I can't remember, but anyway. Verse 25, the rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against the house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. Now, I know what you're thinking. This just happened last week, right? <laughs> it's crazy. It's close, close to home. But this parable, uh, like many other passages in the Bible, Jesus is highlighting something. It's a theme. It's, it's hearing and doing. And anyone who's, you know, raised kids or taught kids or, or been a kid, this is familiar to you. It's that whole idea like, hey, are you listening? You know, if you're listening, do what I'm asking. You know, do what I say. This is, uh, you know, human nature is maybe not to even listen, but especially to listen and not do. And so there's this huge emphasis in the Bible on hearing and doing. James, the brother of Jesus, he would admonish followers of his brother to do the same. In the letter he wrote, verse 122, he said, do not merely listen to the word, he's talking about the word of God, and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Couldn't be more to the point. And naturally, we, we get it, right? This is common sense. Oh, you hear and you, and you do it. But we kind of get in our own way. Amen? And this is the crux of the issue. It's our own broken, fallen self. It's our flesh that's at war with God. And, you know, we can make New Year's resolutions. We can make rules to live by. We can make biblical commandments that we're supposed to follow. And we can be very disciplined and very hardworking to, to do them always. But how far does that get us? Not very far. Because eventually our own willpower wears out. And so the beautiful thing about Jesus and the Holy Spirit is that God is at work transforming us so that we actually want to live that way. That we see the value we see the wisdom. We appreciate it. We want to please God. That's the restoring, regenerative, redeeming power of the Holy Spirit, God's Spirit, that is at work inside of us. And so, you know, what if we actually lived this way? Uh, what, what would our lives really be at or be like? And as Angela was speaking, it occurred to me um, that Christians often make a huge assumption 
about hearing God and doing what he says. And I was reminded how difficult it was for me, uh, you know, when our kids were little, like four years old, five years old. It was really difficult as a parent uh, to explain to our kids, like, how you hear God. And that's the assumption. We say, hey, hear God and do what he says. But the assumption that we make, like rule 101 for following Jesus, is that, well, how, how do you actually, how do you hear God? Right? You can't literally hear his voice. I'm waiting for some of you to raise your hand, right? Well, I do, right? We'd just be like, no, you're crazy. You can't literally see God. And so I, I remember once, you know, trying to explain, you know, like, well, the difference between Santa Claus and the difference between God, and you start, you know, you're, you start going around and around, and you think that you yourself sound crazy. So how do you explain this? This is, um, <laughs> this, is, this is hard to do. Really, how do you hear God? And it took me years of following Jesus before I could even articulate this on some level. So I know it's not just me. I know it's not just kids. Um, in fact, once I, I was sitting in a Sunday school class, and I was actually kind of observing because I was uh, a paid pastoral staff person at this point. So I'm, you know, sitting in the back of the class, and uh, it was on, the class was being taught by this lady, and it was, it was about Lectio Divina. So Lectio Divina is a style of Bible reading where you hear God's word, and then you reflect on how that connects to your life. You know, is, is God inviting me to do something in response to what I hear? And you can do this on your own. You can do this as a group. So we're at this, you know, it's this kind of how-to type of class. And the lady facilitating asks this question. How do you hear God and know he's speaking to you? Great question. And then she made this very pro-facilitator's move. She paused uncomfortably long. And then we realized she's actually asking us that question, you know, and everybody kind of looks at the floor like, I know that we're supposed to answer, the, or I know we're supposed to know the answer, but I might get this wrong. And, and so finally, uh, this, this older woman rescued us all because she was probably figured out I'm old enough, I have no face to save anymore, right? She's like, I don't care. And she just says from the back, she's like, I don't know. I've been wondering that myself for 50 years. And it was just like, mic drop, you know, truth moment. And everyone's like, yeah, yeah, me too. <laughs> you know, it's, if, if she says it, it's okay for me to say it. And uh, it, it just struck me at that point. I was really glad that she didn't call on me. It struck me at that moment, like how fuzzy most of us are on this very seemingly elementary thing. And so the truth about it is that you could probably take a couple angles on answering this question. How do you hear God? Some Christians would say, well, you gotta, you gotta study your Bible. You gotta study your Bible, and when you know it, you do what it says. It's that simple. And I would say in response to that, that answer is not wrong. Some other Christians would say, whoa, wait a second. No, 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 it's about the Holy Spirit. You need to learn how to listen and hear the Holy Spirit's promptings. That's 
And then you, you know, put it into action. That's how you hear God. And I would say again, that's not wrong. The right answer is a mix of both. And so, uh, and, and both of those, you know, answers, it's funny because we have like denominations that would fall into, you know, either one of those cram- uh, camps. Those answers are both true, but they're also lacking specifics. Okay, so how do you hear the Holy Spirit? Well, about a month ago, I was on a Zoom with a group of pastors, and w- this group meets twice, I'm sorry, once, once a week, uh, so meeting every week, and it's specifically, this group of pastors were learning things about discipleship specifically, and uh, the facilitator of our group asked this question, how do you hear God? Pretty important question. Frustratingly hard to pin down. And then he pointed us towards something that Jesus said in Mark chapter 1, verse 15. It's actually the first thing Jesus says in the whole gospel. It's as he's beginning his ministry. And for those of us who are following Christ, who want to live this Jesus-shaped life, this is about hearing God's word and doing what it says. And so let me share it with you. It says, Mark 1.15, Jesus is talking. It says, the time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. So, I want to share with you a tool that will help us, help you, hear God and do what he says. That's all about this Bible verse here. We're going to kind of use it as a reference point and move that out of the way so folks at home can see more easily. As Jesus begins talking, the first thing he says is he talks about time. The time is fulfilled. This is our kind of starting point, really important. There's two ways to tell time in Jesus' culture. And this is kind of a Greek, you know, Roman Hellenistic thing. The first way is, is there's actually two words for time. One is chronos, like, you know, like a watch you know, chronology. It's this ongoing second after second, you know, quantitative use of time. And then there's the word that Jesus says. He says, kairos. The time is fulfilled. It's kairos. And that's like a moment in time. Uh, It literally means like it's an opportune time. It's the critical time. It's the right moment in time. That's what Jesus is saying. This moment is now. And so we're going to label this. We're going to call this a kairos. I know you love my handwriting, and you can read it, right? Kairos moment. And we're going to simply say that a kairos moment is a moment when we sense the kingdom of God is at hand. And the kingdom is, it's simply heaven breaking into earth. That's all it is. Jesus talks about the kingdom a lot. It's a very important big deal. The kingdom of God is at hand. All that means is heaven breaking in. So we can experience a kairos moment when suddenly we're like, huh, 
I think this is a God thing. The next thing Jesus says, he talks about repentance and believing. And so I'm going to draw a really simple circle. Again, I majored in art. We're going to put an R on this side for repent and a B on this side for believe. You follow me? Repentance. We often associate it with like, I did something sinful. I did something bad. I'm convicted of it, and now I need to turn and, you know, head back towards God. Yes, correct. But it also means something more straightforward. Repentance is quite literally just changing your mind. And so we have these moments, Kairos moments, where you're like, I think this is God. And when we have that realization, there's three things we can do. This is all about hearing God. You can observe that's the what just happened. We can reflect. Like, why is this happening? And then, importantly, we discuss it with someone, another follower of Christ, to see if they think this is happening too. This is all on the I'm hearing God. I observe something, and there's this thing that happened. I'm reflecting on why it happened. I think it's God. I talk it over with someone. And if it's like, yes, this is definitely the Lord speaking into my life, then we're going to make a plan. We're going to find some accountability. And we're going to act. And the cool thing about this is, is this isn't just like a static deal where it just happens once. It's more like a slinky where you just keep you know, you, you do one and then it happens again or it happens in multiple areas of life. You just kind of keep following this link. you up closer and closer to God. Let me give you an example. The reason that I'm a part of this group is because I went to a retreat six weeks ago. And uh, the fact that I was at that retreat is, is a good example of this in action. And I got this invitation to attend this retreat. It was sometime in October. Um, it was kind of a long shot. I was really appreciative. Uh, the, the person who invited me, I, I serve on a denominational committee with him. So I don't know him real well. I, I know him on Zoom. And he calls me up out of the blue. And he's like, Dan, every year I get together with uh, me and my you know, best pastoral friends. There's like 20 people. Uh, at this place in Marin County, California. So I was like, okay, you got my attention. I've always wanted to see Marin County. Um, and, and he invited me, it was awesome, he invited me to this retreat. And that's about all he said. He didn't tell me a lot about what was happening on the retreat or what they did or, I, okay. Um, I hung up with him and I kind of knew maybe it was 50-50 that I would go. And uh, I didn't know anybody who was in the group um, it was happening the weekend after Thanksgiving, so that was kind of a deal breaker. Um, but I don't know. I, I kind of reflected. I, there were still several weeks before the deadline. So at some point during those weeks, I had this, like, I wonder if this is a door God has opened thought. That's, that's me observing. And then reflecting on, yeah, I mean, this is just random. I could probably really use a time just to get away and you know if the retreat is terrible I mean at least I get to see Marin County right 
And so, I, you know, I'm kind of going through the, maybe I'll say yes to this. So I decided that I would talk to Corey, my wife, and tell her about the retreat. And she immediately says, you should go. I was surprised because the day I was leaving was actually Corey's birthday. So that was the biggest reason why I wasn't going to go. Birthdays are a big deal in our family. Lots of celebration, lots of, lots of uh, hoopla. I didn't want to miss it, but I also didn't want to disappoint her. So when I told her about it and she says, yes, you should go without hesitation, that was kind of the like, I'm pretty sure this is a God opening a door. I need to go to this retreat. So on the plan side, I mean, this one's easy. It's like I called the guy up and said, hey, I'm coming. It's my accountability. Right? I bought the ticket, and I went. And as soon as I got there, I mean, I really, honestly, that was about the extent of knowledge that I had about this whole retreat. Was It's in Marin County. There's one person that I know, and I'm just going to go. It was like one of the most life-giving things I've done in recent memory. It was amazing. And out of this time, you know, I met these other pastors who are doing this discipleship thing, which for me is like, okay, Holy Spirit, like, where are you leading us next? As a church, as me, as a, a person. And, and so I kind of hear that observation and reflection, and, and I, that's why I joined this group. I don't know. We'll find out. But this is what I mean when we're talking about a kairos moment. This is how you hear God and do what he says. So when you think about it, maybe, maybe things are coming to mind as you listen to me. Like, how does this apply in your life right now? Like, are there kairos moments that happened to you this week or this month or this year? The cool thing about it is it's easy to talk about. In fact, you could do so on the ride home today. You could do so at home today, over lunch. Um, you know, this is a constant thing. The Holy Spirit is alive and active in our life. We're having kairos moments all the time if we just pay attention. So that's your homework. I'm sending it with, with homework, or you're, I'm not sending if you're at home. You're just going to do work while you're there. Um, is, is this week, pay attention. Kairos moments. This is, this is nothing new. In fact, our own... Uh, Confirmation kids that are having confirmation this morning, they learn this, only we call it a God story. It's a little different for them. I mean, there's lots of different shapes that this takes, but this is a new one that I just learned, and so you're going to suffer through it, okay? So as I close in prayer, I want you to think about that. Hey, this is Epiphany Sunday, the aha uh, Jesus is alive, and here he is Sunday. It's that season. How is God speaking to you in your life? Do you hear him? I, I guarantee he's speaking to you. Even if you're not a Christian, he is speaking to you. And you can learn to listen and respond. Please join me in prayer. Lord, we come before you, and... Um, Man, that's our prayer. We want to hear you. 
I, I kind of laugh saying that because sometimes I, I don't want to hear you. It's a little scary. But you're not scary. You welcome and invite us into our relationship with you. We want to hear your voice. We want to do what you ask us to do. We want to follow you. It's the dynamic, adventurous life following you. And so give us the courage. Give us the wisdom. Give us the, the company and the partners on this journey that we need. We pray this in your name.